0: Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, another outtake episode. Thanks, John Newman and John Keating, my co-hosts on Hobby Hotline. We got into a discussion over a course of an hour, not all of it, but this is the part that had to do with hobby versus retail and the fairness of pulling something sensational from retail. And uh, so we batted that around. Thanks, sponsors, Topps, the Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's the discussion.
1: Retail versus hobby with Chase cards. This ratcheted up with the pulling uh, of this card from a retail blaster box from Walgreens. And congrats to that individual who was uh, fortunate enough to pull that card. But a lot of people say that should have never came from retail for what hobby boxes cost versus a retail blaster box that should have been on that side of of the house, if you will. My take is it should be randomly inserted into that release product, whether that's retail or hobby. Each of these hobby has their own exclusive inserts already. There's certain inserts you can only get out of retail. There are only certain inserts you can get out of hobby. If you're chasing those sets or those cards or you're collecting a player, you sort of know where that's going to come from. But this is parallel, a, a, a huge one at a one on one, but it's a base card parallel. And I think it shouldn't be aligned with just retail or just hobby. I think it should be in the product. Wherever it's dispersed and eventually discovered, so be it. And I, I like to think if I go to Walmart or whatever retail location and grab a quick box, whatever they cost now, $27, $32, that I have a shot at something like that. Now, obviously, you don't expect to get it necessarily, but it's like lottery, right? Just a chance that you can scratch off and, and possibly win for life. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm glad it's that way. I'd, I'd have more of a problem if it was the way like people want it to be, where you can only get that on the hobby side. Many people enter the hobby by opening retail boxes first. It's how they dip their toe in the water. I, I like to think those folks have a chance to hit something that, that could be life-changing maybe in, in this case. Basically...
0: Forever, there have always been retail-specific inserts. That's well established that you would have certain inserts, perhaps, in hobby and certain inserts in retail. Those are announced and advertised on the packaging a lot of times. However, when you're talking about derivatives of the base set, parallels to the base, it's problematic for tops or anybody else to say they either have to let it ride or uh, surely... Hobbyists are not saying, you know what, you've got to pick out the best of those parallels because everybody's got a one of one. But the Wanderer, that's the big name. But it's not feasible for tops to take all the parallels and say, here are the good guys. We're going to put them in hobby and we're going to put the not as good guys, the one of ones. They either have to let it rip or not. If you're fanatics, what are you thinking right now? You're thinking, we just got a shot in the arm for retail, which is going to be. A big part of their expanding distribution, because they're they're not going to be 10 times as many hobby shops in two years. But uh, Fanatics could have five or 10 times as many outlets where cards are, hopefully not in huge quantity. But now people are thinking, I could get anything there. I think it's net positive, except if you're a hobby shop and thinking, I want those all to myself.
2: I agree 100%. It's great marketing, obviously, and I don't know whether that was their intent, but was anybody screaming when other parts of this parallel set were pulled from retail packs? It's not a surprise, right? I think there's no way this is contrived. I think that's a conspiracy that's really tricky. But if the other parts of the set are are already included in retail, then it isn't contrived. It's just part of the deal. They they couldn't say,
0: we're going to hold out the Wander and put it in uh, Walgreens or whatever because we're giving them a perk. Now, yeah. I, I just think it fell the way it fell. Yep. And there'll be other one of ones, most of them perhaps are in hobby. Although when you look ahead to Fanatics, where will most of the product go? The mix between hobby and retail is gonna evolve. And right now, if it's more hobby than retail, three years from now, maybe the other way around in a big way. Just don't So know. you're
2: saying that the line is now blurred and I guess we see the line going away. I don't think there should be a line personally. I think they've, they've know, product acted product. like they're in
0: the line, except, like I said, for inserts that they might. Uh, but the pack odds are the pack odds, guys. They have a disclaimer a lot of times at
1: the end that these pack odds deal with the whole run of the product. This is just a, a general non-guarantee, but pretty accurate, but it's not 100% accurate. So Well, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's 100% yeah, accurate to be at least that good.
0: Otherwise, yeah. they're exposing themselves to lawsuits. Yeah, it's going to be at least that good. If it's worse, they'd be in trouble. So, so, but still, one out of twenty thousand packs, as opposed to one out of thirty thousand packs. It's
2: Here's rough. a question for you. I've heard a lot of yammering about heritage this year. Kind of people getting stiffed in hobby boxes and, and stuff like that, and not getting the big hits can they hold this stuff back your odds are your odds but if they start putting hot packs in the boxes later on in the season that creates the optics that stuff hasn't been pulled and may create a frenzy later on instead of a frenzy early on is this something they have control of are your pack odds can be a certain odds the first month of a release but are they the pack odds for the entire run of the release I, I don't know I don't maybe they're the you know, pack odds
0: for the entire run of the release but What you've suggested, that's not a conspiracy, but that's a strategy that could be pulled off pretty easily, that we're going to put these parallels
1: in, in waves. That is possible.
2: Backload them, right?
1: Yeah. Like I said, it's nice that it came out of retail. If you're a kid, you saved up your allowance and you got $32 or $22 to buy a blaster. Now I feel like, hey, I, I got a shot to hit something that could possibly i know realistically probably not but at least there's a chance so you're telling me there's a chance that's huge i think fanatic should be ecstatic about it seeing it come out of the retail side not that side's ever trouble selling necessarily uh, in recent years but now they've, they've raised prices of blasters. Those 1999 days are, are gone on most products. So if you're going to raise the price of something, you want good buzz on it. Not, hey, we can't get anything good. And now it costs us more not to get anything good. Who's mad? People probably buy a lot of hobby stuff and they didn't get to wander one on one. I get it. I understand that. Hobby has their own perks as well that you can't get in retail. I've
0: said this to Upper Deck. I've said it to Tops. I've said it to Panini. I've said it to Fanatics. The the experience of walking into a card shop is important to this hobby, to this industry. And they need to clarify and make the statement that the hobby shop experience, what you're going to get in a pack, is at least as good. It might be the same and it might be better, but it can't be worse than walking into retail. It can't be that retail is the preferred place. If each of the card companies, and Leaf as well, you know, makes that clear that the tie goes to the hobby shop then
1: the hobby will be in good hands. Yeah, I, I agree. Again, for what a hobby box will cost versus retail, I'm a former LCS owner for six years, so I'm definitely for them. You want to drive people into the store. Again, these are the colored parallels that are numbered. In this case, 101 with the, the wander that we're, we're talking about, but there's numbered to the 10 with the clears, your number numbered to, the, 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 I believe, 25, 50, 100, and so on. If those are just randomly... Put on both sides, retail and hobby, it is what it is. I'm glad that the deck's not stacked on one of those with that. That was always the theory with retail is I'm I'm not going to get nowhere near. And, And I shouldn't exactly the same thing out of a $30 box of cards to a $300 box of cards. There's a reason something's more expensive. I'm glad that stuff's coming out of retail, especially with retail going up on SRP. I think that's important. Packards, first off the line concept, seems like those boxes are stacked with the good stuff that's why they go for the amounts they do i don't make a ton of them definitely a lot less of the first off the line in in benini's case you're going to have an extra auto an extra discolor parallel and that's what you pay that premium a lot of times they do it dutch auction style
2: hey what if wonder franco's hitting 247 by the national none of this matters <laughs> but still
1: well you know well in, in today's hobby where everyone's what have you done uh, right. for me lately everyone's going to be like he's not he's terrible he's no good that those folks will be chirping loud but that's the day trader part of the hobby And yeah. you someone know,
2: in here likes to use the word long tail and that's I'm a subscriber to that
0: yeah. the thing is wander franca the worst thing would be If he's not talked about at all, he's still talked about he's in a slump, but he's going to come back. And I've said, I I look for the guys that aren't being talked about. (laughs) But Wander Franco is the greatest thing right now. We'll see.
1: We forget how young these guys coming up to the majors are, too. We think they're older than they are because of... of Products like Bowman, where their first Bowman card are three to four years, right when they're drafted, 17, 18 years old. And we've talked about them for three, four years. We make them older than they are. Raphael Deaver is putting a great career together. Everyone thinks he's older than he is. That's because he was 17 when he appeared on his first Bowman card. He's still 24 Uh, Years old, people think he's 28 because he's kind of been in the league three, four years now doing well. So a lot of these guys are young. uh, They're going to struggle sometimes when they first get called up. And some of them, you know, hopefully wind up figuring it out. Become Hall of Fame-type players, All-Star-type players. And the hobby we wanted to happen yesterday. So, Not all of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, I'm a long-game guy, too. I put stuff away in boxes and, and let it mature.
0: The wine version of cards. The, the really sharp guys that work for me, I'm thinking about Ben Eckler, who's now passed away, and several others. They played the age game on the prospecting, and you have to do that. A 25-year-old yeah. old prospect compared to a 19-year-old prospect's mm-hmm. If they're both in triple-A or double-A, the tie is going to go to that younger guy. Age matters in prospecting, yeah. and Wanda yeah, Franco be- has that on his side,
1: and and Raphael Devers did as well. I know he didn't have a great year last year. Trevor Lawrence stayed a, a year more than he, he could have, and people were like, he should have left. Depends on the position.
2: It depends yeah. on the situation you're going into. Aaron Rodgers, how long did he sit on the, uh, the stove before? Yeah, he had to play.
1: what, four years behind far. So. <laughs> and he was Couple a first-round pick.
2: Up. He wasn't a sleeper. So.
1: Yeah, he dropped. He, there was <laughs> that moment in the green room where they kept handing over to him, and his, that frown kept getting a little lower. Well, uh, my, my, I actually felt bad for him.
0: Guys, my point is, baseball, you've really got to flip the card over and look at the back of the card and check out yeah. the age. Football, you know, because you tracked them in college or you're aware yeah. of their exploits. Basketball, same thing. Their, their age is touted. Baseball, not as much. You've you've got to study it. If they're a 27-year-old rookie relief pitcher, that's that's probably not a good buy.
2: But it depends on what you're doing there. Why is that? Are you studying that for the long tail? Because an exception I know to that rule, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs was a late bloomer, yet still got 3,000 hits. Nobody's going to get 3,000 hits from here on out, in my opinion. There's going to be a couple 500 home run guys. There's not going to be any more 300 win guys. So the analytics or the benchmarks from yesteryear are out the window, as far as I'm concerned. So what are we basing our prospecting on? Because the long term doesn't seem to be in play here as far as statistics, which we've always based on well, our baseball. Uh,
0: home runs and strikeouts. Pitchers right. need to be strikeout pitchers, and uh, and hitters need to be home run hitters. And so if you're 19 year- years old and you've got a physical frame that hasn't fully filled out and you've already got good power, that's a good bet. Look at the physique, a tall, lanky, left-handed Randy Johnson kind of guy, you'd ride with that for a while if he hasn't bloomed yet because it's...
2: Five innings pitched a game, right?
1: Well, (laughs) that's the stat you're never going to see again at the 300-win club. These guys don't pitch enough uh, innings. Generally, pitchers seem to get hurt more now in in today's game, even with better trainers and technologies. And so I think the 300-win club has probably seen most of their membership enshrined. Uh, I I think you said it, John, 3,000 hits. You get a good hitter that bats 300 every year and gets almost 200 hits. They have a long career. We're going to hit that 3,000-hit club mark. A home run, we're going to see guys hit homers. I can't believe the disrespect I've seen in the last month for perfect
0: games. Not even no-hitters, but perfect <laughs> games. That's a corollary to what we're talking about, is that for pitchers, it doesn't get any better than that, to have a perfect right. game. And you're getting pulled after seven innings because they're concerned. You ought to say, Coach, let me in until at least I mess up a little bit. Right. Yeah, till the, <laughs> till you till you get the perfect base, game's get a, But that's happened more than once now.
2: I bet you Kershaw doesn't get pulled in July. We're talking about April right now with a truncated spring training, right? Different situation a couple months from now.
0: The hobby aspect of this is that it's another thing in your Hall of Fame plaque. It's another step toward immortality to to be in the perfect game club. It really elevates your hobby standing. Another feather in your cap. I'm disappointed for Kershaw. And there was the Japanese guy that was heading for two in a row. If it (laughs) really a serious risk of injury, who says that a 90 pitch is okay, but 100 pitches is not? I'm not sure I can make that distinction.